1: Blog Talk Radio Third Nation Radio Presents We've Got Issues A Comprehensive Look at This Week's Comic Books.
0: issues again we've got issues volume two number five for the week of january 30th uh 2019 i'm curtis that's gene hi Hello. helloこんにちは <laughs> <Konnichiwa. laughs> whoa let's not do that yeah. uh here we go we're a little late but who cares really i mean we don't uh it's <laughs> This show we're gonna rate and review some comics and we're gonna get through it as quickly and painlessly as we can. Uh anything before we get started, Gene?
1: Uh, let's see. Um gosh, I don't know. Uh, this was this was one of those weeks um that I'm not I'm not sure it's gonna go down in history as 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 a great week for comics. Uh, it's really, really no. um Yeah, so you know, there's some good stuff in there. And you if you join us on this journey through through this with comics, you'll see um There is some stuff worth waiting in for. But, you know, that's not exactly a home run week. Right.
0: Uh, Well, let's get started with DC Comics. Let's do some rapid fire. Let's talk about a few things very quickly, and then we'll go back and we'll discuss at length a handful of books this week, only a few. Uh, Let's start with Books of Magic, number four, by Cat Howard and Tom Fowler. Um, uh, What's his name? (laughs) Tim Hunter goes into the dreaming at the end of the book. Beyond that, not a lot's happening. This book's really moving slow, and I don't mind a slow book. I like Tom Fowler's art. But, uh, yeah, I gave it a one because there's nothing really happening.
1: I gave it a one, too. I feel bad for poor Harry Potter and what he's
0: going through. Oh, how dare you? I, mean, Tim, I Hunter. Mean Tim
1: Hunter. Free dates there. I mean, anyway. Hunter.
0: Detective Comics, number 997, written by Peter Tomasi, with art by Doug Monk, or Monkey, depending on how you pronounce it, I don't know. Uh, Batman spends most of the issue hanging out with uh, Thaddeus, the original Mr. Miracle, as they escape from a death trap. Uh, And then he goes after Hugo Strange, which, in reality, probably should have been the first person he went after. Um, One thing of note in this issue, we do find out that Batman can fire the ears off of his mask as projectiles <laughs> which I thought was very fun. Uh, I gave it a it three. It kind of
1: explains them. Yeah, I gave it a three too. I really did like this book. I just don't have a lot to say about it. I love seeing Thaddeus yeah. back. Yeah. yeah,
0: very cool, but And the art's fantastic.
1: Yeah, pick it up. It's definitely one of the books you need to be reading.
0: Definitely. Uh, Flash, wow. number 63, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Minkyu Young. I think. Anyway, uh weirdly, halfway through this book, uh Barry just wraps up his little speed quest thing that he was on and it just it kind of, it, to me it came to a very quick sudden conclusion and then he starts to deal with all the stuff happening in Heroes in Crisis. Um I thought it was weird. I didn't really like how this got wrapped up. I I wanted the speed quest to be ended, but it kind of felt sudden.
1: Yeah, it, it feels like um, there's definitely, definitely some editorial mandate at play here, and I, I don't get the continuity. I didn't realize that until this point he didn't know about While well, It's been very confusing to me. Right. Um, well, I mean, the annual, which I guess we'll talk about soon, um, yeah. does a much better job of tying that continuity back together than this right. issue does. I, I don't like this issue at all.
0: Yeah, I gave Flash 63. I gave a one. Because I was really upset with it. Gene?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for two on it. I liked it, but the, I liked uptold so like, you know, again, like you said, the story gets sh- cut short, because i like you. I like The Force One.
0: Nah. Okay. Uh, Hex Wives, number four, came out by Ben Blacker and Mirko, Mirka and Dolpho, Uh about a bunch of witches, sort of Stepford Wives book. Um I've kind of given it a chance. I'm trying to like it, but I'm just not digging it. It's really, I don't know, it's just not getting me. Uh, I give it a 1.
1: It has not captured my imagination either. I give it a 1 as well.
0: Here's a nice little twist, though. Uh, Justice League Odyssey, number 5, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Carmine D. D. G. uh, DeMonico. That's a long name, and I'm probably mispronounced. Anyway... Uh, yeah, stuff's starting to happen. We find out Darkseid's plan is to basically reignite a new apocalypse uh, with the help of Blackfire. we see. Uh, Azrael and Cyborg actually have a really cool moment. I like good character moments. I like especially buddy stuff, and they really kind of lean on each other at one point in the book. I This is the first issue of this book I've actually liked, and I'm giving it a three.
1: Yeah, it's really strange that each of them have, like, a bunch of people that worship them beyond the beyond where they are. In the ghost sector. Right. It, it At first it was kind of weird, but now I'm kind of enjoying it a little bit. Uh, it's yeah. not a bad book. I, I, I give it a two and a half. Um, I don't think it's fantastic, but I'm glad that Darkseid was finally revealed to not be a good guy, which uh, should be an obvious thing. Of uh, right. note, too, is um, the Just League Annual, which we'll talk about in a little bit, does sort of tie into this, kind of. A little bit. In one right, panel. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, then we got Mysteries of Love in Space. From a bunch of different creators, writers, and artists working on it. Yeah. Uh, it's basically, like a Valentine's love special. Uh, it's got dark side story, uh, a crush, Lobo's daughter uh, story. Um, let's see, Space Cabby, Lois Lane. Uh, but the big the one for me that really stole the show was the Kilowog story, which actually involves Kilowog uh, sort of being on a date but then also realizing his job is to stay with these recruits and not really have a life, and he kind of yearns for it, but he, he does his duty. I like that a lot. That was the high point for me.
1: Um, I love anthologies, and so I was I was fond of this even you know before I opened it. And it was up to it. Some stories are great, some stories not so much, but uh, all in all, it's a great book. I love that D.C. almost every year does some kind of big uh, Valentine's Day thing which is an odd thing for a company like these eight, but they, they managed to do that, and I, and I like it, and I like this one as well. Uh, this this stuff, combined with all the stuff Marvel's doing right now for their E, is really making me happy. I mean, it's, it's not making my wallet happy, but it's making me uh, happy as a reader.
0: All right. Mysteries of Love and Space, I gave it a two overall because it really just it wasn't worth it for me, but Gene?
1: I, I went three. I, I thought it was worth it.
0: Okay. Old Lady Harley, number four, written by Frank Thierry with art by Anaki Miranda. Uh, the only real high points we find out in this book is that Aquaman was the one who supposedly possibly killed Joker, which, of course, turns out not to necessarily be true. And that Lobo uh, happens to be one of Harley Quinn's exes and is also uh, fat and bald and looks like a bit like a Biff Tannen from Back to the Future 2 at the beginning of the, the story and then gets himself into shape by crushing some, uh, some beer. So... Um, I gave it a two. There were some funny little jokes in there, but it wasn't great.
1: Yeah, I gave it a one. There are certain books that shouldn't exist this is one of them.
0: (laughs) Well, we have another Old Man Universe book coming up actually this very week we're talking. We'll get to that later, though. Uh, Raven, Daughter of Darkness, number 12, written by Marv Wolfman with art by Pop Man. This was the end of the Raven 12-issue series, which had a new Night Force and Baron Winters and Clarion and yada, yada, yada. You'd think I'd love it. I really didn't. I gave this issue a 1. Overall, I give the series a 2. Uh, Gene?
1: You know, I, Marv Wolfman is the author of um, my favorite comic book of all time, my favorite comic book story of all time with uh, Judas Contract, and it's hard to say I didn't like a Wolfman book, but I didn't like this series at all. Uh, I'd say at times it lived up to being a 3 or a 4. Most of the times it did creep down to a 2. Uh, I give this last issue a 2, and yeah, the series may be a three, uh, but that's probably just my nostalgia for Wolfman. I wish um, I wish it were better.
0: Right. Silencer, number 13, written by Dan Abnett with art by V. Ken Marion. Uh, we get the origin story of Silencer in this book. I don't care. I'm over it. I'm ready for this book to end. I still gave the issue a two because I'm a, I'm a sucker for a decent origin, and the origin isn't bad. But, uh, yeah, no. it's, com- it's coming to an end, folks.
1: Yeah, it's coming to an end. I thought it was pretty good. Um, and, and one of the things that I really enjoyed, and that probably the legacy this series will leave behind, is that Silencer did appear in a couple episodes of the Arrow TV show. Um, and that's where I liked it the best. I don't like the comic much. Although I did like it when I started picking it up during that Superman story, Superman Land. But that went on for like, I don't know, 70, 80 issues, I think. I, mm-hmm. I'm definitely done with it.
0: And then that brings us to Terrifics, number 12, by Jeff Lemire and Victor Bogdanovic. Uh, Metamorpho is back, baby. The team is getting back together. We meet the Dreadfuls, which is uh, Java's uh, team of multiverse versions of the, uh, the Terrifics. It's really fun. Uh, plus, on top of that, it looks like Plastic Man's son, Luke, might be sticking around for the adventure. Coming up, I like it a lot. I gave it a three. I'm enjoying this book. Gee. Gene?
1: I love I loved father and son stuff. Um I lo- that was my favorite very, very favorite part of this book and it was all really, really good. Uh I'm finally beginning to like um Phantom Girl. I was unsure of her, but now I really like her. Um I, I like her running away and she's the one that, that kinda looks like she's gonna bring the team back together. Um I I like a lot these characters a lot more than I do individually. I love Classic Man, absolutely. And I like Mr. Perfect and Metamorpho and I like this new Phantom Girl, um, and if, yeah, if if Kurt's right and the son joins the team, I'm going to like this book a hundred times more. Because I'm a sucker for father-son stuff, and this is really well done. And Metamorpho, it's interesting wanting to be Metamorpho again because he can, you know, find all the reasons he needs to. Like I need to go save Mister Terrific. He didn't need to be Metamorpho. <laughs> you want a life of right. adventure, and that's fine. You know, that's who he is. Uh, I gave it a four. I really love this book.
0: Okay. And I, I almost forgot. Wonder Woman, number 63, came out also this week. G. Willow Wilson wrote it. Manuela Lupacino drew it. Um, I was going to talk a little longer about this one, but uh, I I don't got a ton to say. Uh, the story is a bit political about refugees uh, from Themyscira, some of the more uh, creature-looking ones, yeah, a, a minotaur, a pegasus, and a, uh, a satyr, I believe. Um but it was really fun. I actually really like those characters a lot. I, I understand that some people are going to whine about being a little, I don't know, social conscious in this book. But whatever, man. Uh, this was the one issue I actually really enjoyed so far. I gave it a three. Uh, it's worth checking out.
1: Yeah, I'm actually with you on the three. Um, as a as a Star Trek fan for many, many years now, I, I think it's important for fiction to uh, to reach in and touch on social issues. And I'm glad to see this. I don't care which anyone's was like, oh, Social Justice Warriors, F that shit. It's, it, this is this is what comics should be. This is what fiction should be. Uh, it should always touch on the human condition. And, and this was, this did that, and I liked it a lot. All right.
0: And now we're going to go back. We're going to talk uh, at slightly longer length, I'm sure, about a few of these books. Uh, let's start with Action Comics 1007, uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis, with art by the fantastic Steve Efting, um, who has done Superman in the past, and I was a huge fan of his stuff then. I'm a huge fan of anything he does. And this book looked beautiful. It starts this Leviathan Rising story where Superman seems to be going against someone uh, extremely powerful who uh, is taking out just some groups like Cobra, uh, possibly Task Force X, uh, the DEO they're going after. And that's kind of neat, and I'm, I'm digging it, and I'm, I'm into the Bendis stuff. But here's my complaint, and, and I'll give you plenty of time to talk in a second, Gene. Uh, Lois Lane meets up with Sam Lane, her father, right, in this issue. Mm-hmm. Now, this isn't the Sam Lane that's actually her dad, because Lois is from the other DC universe. So in this one, well, he, he meets up with – is it? It's not. Here's the he, – well,
1: yeah, by continuity, it wouldn't be. But they seem to have this thing where they're ignoring that the this Superman and this Lois are not that Lois and Superman.
0: Well, yeah, they're ignoring it, but that's never been explained away, and it's it's B.S. I hate to break it to you, Um, because what she does is she shows up and she explains to him that she's married or or that she's with Superman, I believe. Uh, She basically says, you know, hey, I'm with Superman. I love him, blah, 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 blah. And oh, yeah, you know that grandson? Yeah, he's like, you know, he's part of Superman, too, except for the fact that John was at least seven, eight, nine, I'd say 10 years old. And so they weren't in this world that long, and Sam or John was born somewhere outside of this new 52 rebirth world. So Sam is aware of him like that that's not a bigger shock that he's got a grandkid who's like now 17 or something in the books, but at least 10 uh, you know previously. It's a big continuity yeah. error, and I really don't like it, and that stuff like that really bugs me.
1: Yeah, I don't know at what point because there wasn't like a big series uh, that I know of. In fact, there wasn't even a single issue that I know of where they just said, "Okay, this is our Superman and he always has been." Um, I get that they, you know, Crisis and stuff have done that all the time, and I can live with it. But it didn't happen. I
0: don't think
1: right. we're just we're yeah. just supposed to accept that that's the case.
0: But besides all that, it was a good story. I gave it a three. The art is spectacular. I love Steve Epping. That's all. I really just had to get that out of my system.
1: Yeah, you're right, and it is a problem. I know we've talked about it before. Um, right. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm just a crazy Superman fan, and I love this version of Superman way better than that new video version. Um, I, I accept it, and like I said, Ben this is sort of surprising me a little bit. Um, right. I have some problems with some of the stuff he's doing. There's a lot of issues, but um, it's better than I expected. I gave it a three.
0: All right, and there we go to Batgirl number thirty-one by Mar. Jeez, I always mess it up. Is it Marguerite Scott? It's spelled funny. I
1: believe and it's Paul good Lettier.
0: Or Lettier. Um, Batgirl continues to fight this Cameron who's sort of a political terrorist villain guy, and Jason Bard's there, which of course should bring me into the book and make me like it. Unfortunately, I'm not digging it as much. I like the art a lot. Gene wanted to talk about this though, and here's where I shut up and let him give it a good review. Maybe.
1: Yeah, this this current run of Batgirl, I wasn't a big side of uh, oh sorry, a big fan of the the Burnside Supergirl when, or Jesus Batgirl when it first started. You know, the, the the backpacking Supergirl with the looked like she was about twelve. I didn't really right. like that. Um, this Batgirl that we're getting now, it's obviously Barbara. She's a little bit older. Uh, the art shows that. And the art, by the way, is gorgeous. I, I really enjoy it a lot. It's really mm-hmm. nice. and uh, Sometimes in this book, that gets me through the whole book. Um, not always, though. Uh, I think it's deep into I'm interested in Jason Bard stuff. I, I want to see where it's going. It looks like he's maybe not a total tool and maybe right. he's a good guy in, in the end. That's what, that's what it looks like they're heading towards. I like it. And the new costume, um, I really don't like the mask thing. But I'm beginning to, to see, I don't know, I'm beginning to accept it, I guess. I'd, I'd love for it to go away, but uh, I'm accepting it for now. And the story's good. The story's interesting. Uh, and it's it's worth following, and I, I kind of dig it. So I gave it a three, I think. I, I like the right.
0: I'll let that stand. I'm not going to argue with you on it. Uh, Batman Beyond, number 28, also came out. Uh, Dan yeah. Juergens wrote it. Brett Booth did the art. Again, another book I I kind of enjoy, but I I obviously didn't enjoy it enough to think it needed to be discussed. But Gene, you, really? you wanted to talk, yeah? I really like I'm liking it, but I'm not liking it that much. I, honestly, I gave it a two, but you take it away. You do what you do.
1: Let Let me tell you that in the past, um, I haven't read every Batman Beyond book because I don't care about the universe uh, that right. it's in so much. I mean, I liked Superman Beyond for that brief time he had a book. That was awesome. I liked him a lot. Um, But the thing is, I don't know, it wasn't doing it for me. This current series and this current run with this current writer is getting me. Uh, I like and I have a question for you because it was something I was not understanding because I am behind on this book. Uh, Mm -hmm. Dick Grayson is whose father? Um, Is it Terry or is it the Robin kid?
0: No, it's not that. It's the girl. The girl was talking about it. I, I believe his daughter or whatever.
1: She was. Oh, okay. I believe she was Please the one just,
0: narrating it.
1: Okay, that's why I couldn't understand because someone's narrating it. and They mentioned that you know Dick's uh, the dad, and I'm like, oh, who is this talking? I never understood right. that. Um, I like the story. I like the stakes um, that are that are brought in this issue, where you know by the end of it, Joker's got a hold of another Robin, um, and we'll. Where that goes, that's a big oh poop moment to me. And I was like, oh man, that's not going to be good. Uh, and I like that we do have Dick and, and Bruce there. The original Batman and Robin are in the story, and I think they, I think they should be. I'm glad they're right. not out. I like Dick Grayson jumping into battle too. Uh, it was cool. I half expected him to do it in a Nightwing costume, but uh, that's okay. Um, yeah. I'm interested in where the book is going. I, I have a weird feeling that Joker may take a Robin, but not the one we expect. I think I predict him killing Nick Grayson off.
0: Hmm. That's a possibility, I guess.
1: Yeah. No. What'd you give it? But all in
0: all, 3.5. Wow. Okay. And now we I jump like to it. a book that, uh, we both, ide- I think have a few things to say about, uh, Flash Annual Number no. Two, written by Joshua Williamson, with art by the fantastic Scott Collins, uh, a book that focuses and features heavily, uh, Bart Allen or Impulse. Um, and, and also brings back Godspeed, who's a kind of a villain I don't really care too much about. I do like that yeah. Bart was running around looking for Max at one point, and that's a character I don't want to see forgotten. Unfortunately, even though Max Mercury has not shown up in anything at all in, in a million years, but um, no, since since he disappeared on Bart. Yeah. And uh, we see that Godspeed is actually working for someone, uh, sort of like outside the time stream. Uh, or the Speed Force, basically. I'm I'm, I'm guessing it could be Eobard Thon, but I think that's a little too easy. Um, maybe Savitar again, since that's a character who's never really been seen a, since uh, killing him off a long time ago. Right.
1: Or um, Hunter Zolomon.
0: Or Hunter. Well, because Hunter's part. Yeah, Hunter has stuff going on, but I think his agenda is separate from. Uh, I'm not sure though. I'm not 100% positive. Yeah, there's a,
1: there's a lot of flash running around in this book, um, and for, for those of you that don't know, this book uh, essentially it seems to be made to tie up some loose ends in the continuity. Uh, if the, the issue of Flash that we just talked about leads right into this, but it also takes place right after Flash 50 because Bart is looking for uh, everybody after he right. pops out of the Speed Force. It almost seems like that, that Bart page could have been in a different book, it would have made more sense. But it yeah, had to happen uh, because of the events of Flash Fifty.
0: I will say this: there is a line in this book where Barry is talking about the the the, the idea that he can't live without uh, in a world without Wally. Uh, to which I would argue, hey jerk off, you did that. You created a world without Wally, and you didn't care for a huge mm-hmm. chunk of time. You didn't care. Well, he didn't know. No, he did. He Barry. Uh, according to Flashpoint, Barry was the one who knew everything was messed up. That's what I thought. I thought Barry was aware.
1: I think it faded. I think they mentioned in Clash oh, oh. Point 5 that that would save.
0: Whatever. I
1: think. So, so because lame. they make a big deal in Rebirth. In Rebirth, when, when Wally touches Barry, Barry gets this, this strike of memory back and, and he apologizes to, to Wally and he hugs him and he's holding him. And it seems like
0: that's the moment where he remembers again. Right, and then he so, goes yeah, on no, a bunch I, of I, adventures where he doesn't try to fix things. Instead, he just like, eh, whatever. Well, yeah, what bothered
1: me is the very minute that Wally came back into the world, uh, the flash books that sort of should have been about Wally and Barry, because Barry never would have been like, go off to the Titans, I don't want to see you anymore. He would have made sure right. that every day they were together, and like, like with Irish, and they were a family, and that's how it would have been, because that's what Barry Allen was, is like. And, you know, his family is first, and and Barry and and Wally are definitely as close as two people could ever be. Um, And so that that, that bothered me. It bothered me a lot. And it looks like they brought him back and had no idea what to do with him. So they put him in Titans, and this whole book was like, holy cow, somebody's changing their memories, just like in, in, you know, in the other books. But then it was that idiot, what, was it Abracadabra?
0: It was Abracadabra.
1: Yeah, which didn't tie in to the overall story of Rebirth. So right. they, they, they brought him back, and then they immediately didn't know what to do with him. And, and that was that's, that's sad for one of your most important, iconic char- characters. Um, but you brought him back with an amazing costume. That that was the eh. one thing you
0: did right. But I, I love that costume. Eh. I'm, I'm not partial to it. I gave Flash annual number two. I gave it a five. Uh, this could have been my book of the week, but it wasn't. Uh, but I really loved it. I thought it was really good, and I thought this was the the first time I've really enjoyed a Flash book in a while. So,
1: Yeah, I, I've been enjoying Flash, but this is a really, really good issue. I gave it a four, I think. No, I'm not quite as, quite as up on it, but I will tell you that a big part of that four is seeing Bart Allen. Um, I, I like there's a little, you know, kind of an explanation for why, He's not hanging around in Slash's book. He can't find anybody. They're all off doing other stuff. Uh, I'm sure at one point he'll go looking for them
0: again. Yeah, after he has a, a few years' worth of adventures, then he'll he'll do a Barry. Um, yeah. Heroes in Crisis number five also came out this week. We probably won't talk too long about it. Uh, Tom King wrote it. Clayman did the art. It's a fantastic book. It looks beautiful. It's really good. Uh, this issue, as Gene and I have talked about off-air, is very much linear, whereas the other stuff wasn't. Um, I enjoyed it. I loved all the Booster and Beetle stuff who uh, go out and try to start to figure out the problem on their own by basically doing the same thing they already did once because no one would think they're stupid to try it again. Um, And then Harley and Batgirl show up towards the the end of the book, and I'm interested to see where that goes. I kind of weirdly like that that team up, especially with Skeet thrown in there being uh, threatened by Harley. Um, (laughs) I, I gave Heroes in Crisis number five. I gave it a four. I, I, I'm hoping the book continues this pace. Uh, otherwise, I'm just going to lose it. And, yeah, the, the little in-between interview stuff was really good. I like some of the characters they focused on. I enjoyed it.
1: Yes, uh, bringing Steele into this issue uh, made me happy. That's a character I was always very fond of, and he acknowledges his various deaths. And I like that a lot. And the fact that he's kind of a robot, and he can come back from that kind of stuff sometimes. And that's kind of his tragedy. And I like that a lot. But, yeah, the Booster Beetle stuff is great. Um, having Skeets acting independently of Booster in, in his own little storyline is kind of cool. Uh, I want to know what happened. Give me some more clues. I love I love the, the big thing dropped in the tissue. And this makes me think that maybe Wally's not dead, that this Wally is five days too old. Um, and that's right. interesting. And I am not what his body's that means. Five days older than it should be, right? Right, and I'm clueless as to what that means or how that could be important, but I think it is, and I think it might be why maybe Wally's not dead. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm sure it
0: is. They, they made a big deal about it, but, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, he is what did dead laying it? there. I gave it a four. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's move on. I, I gave it a four as well. I enjoyed it very much. Oh, great. Beautiful. Uh, let's move on to Justice League Annual Number 1, written by Scott Snyder and James Tinian the Fourth. With art by Daniel Sampierre, who has been doing great stuff over on Injustice 2. Um, the whole Justice League kind of get all together, and with the Green Lantern Corps and uh, the New Gods, and they head over to uh, the Source Wall, and they attempt to put it back together again with these, uh, the Celestials? Or no, wait, there's something else. Uh, the <laughs> Ronin Warriors? I don't know what they are. Uh, there's the something.
1: Warriors. All right, you...
0: Shogun Warriors. Shogun no, Warriors.
1: I think, I, I think they're the Titans. Titans? Like Omega yeah. Titans or something? Yeah.
0: Anyway, so yeah, the Omega oh, yeah. Sentinel shows up uh, in the DC Universe, and they <laughs> they attempt to put them back into the source wall, because after all, that's the way you build the source wall. You put a bunch of giants into it. Um, and then, of course, they, uh, they look like they got tricked into doing it, and they F it all up uh, in a weird way. I, I don't know 100% what's going on. I know they're trying to explain things a bit more. I just feel like sometimes the explanation leads to many more questions. And I, I mean, I kind of like the book. I, I, wrote, I even put a question mark next to my grade because I wasn't sure if I was going to stick with it. I gave it a 2.5. I, I couldn't get into it as much.
1: Really? I, I thought this was a, a pretty solid issue. Um, I think way more than the series itself has been. And I've kind of like the series itself, although they're getting a whole bunch of weird wackiness. Um, but I like this, this Will Payton story. And, and it's the first time, by the way, they specifically say it's Will Payton, even though obviously it is him. Um, oh, yeah, I just it was. kind of wonder with the gray hair, like, is it a weird combination of the different Starmen? I, I don't know. But it wasn't. And they mentioned him as a hero from decades ago, which is kind of weird. Uh, in my yeah. opinion, because I don't know how that works, what wise, wants. But it whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it was an interesting story to me. Um, I think that um, I like where it's going. I, I like this, this source wall story, though. I want it to be done. I want them to fix it and move on to the next thing. Um, yeah, you know, the source happen. wall breaking is, is important in every DC book out there. This was, It feels a little bit like that Inhumans thing. When Marvel's like, hey, look, these guys are the new thing. And you've got to like that. That's what the sort right. of wall thing is. And I I, I need it to be done. You know,
0: I'm done with it. Yeah, but overall, it's I liked the though. book and I gave it a three. Yeah, you're right. Okay. And that moves us to Teen Titans Annual Number One by Adam Glass and Ryan Benjamin. Um, Damien confronts Red Hood, which was fun. And then we find out that De or Jen, whatever, she definitely has major secrets. Um, it was a big deal. Robin and and, uh, Red Hood fighting it out and duking it out. It got kind of nasty a few times. Um, The issue was good, but I I don't know. It didn't really move the goalpost too much further. Like, I I didn't really get that out of the story. It was kind of a big story that didn't go anywhere. Uh, But I still gave it – I gave it a two and a half. This was another one. I kind of have a question mark. I was like, meh. I don't know.
1: I I gave it a three. I really really did enjoy the story. Um, I like – whatever the Robins meet up, I like it. I – I have pushed for a Robin's book forever. I, I still would like to see that. Um, I like this, this, this new confrontational relationship between um, Damien and, and Jason, where I thought they were, in the past, they were kind of like the two misfits. And, and now they're, you know, they're they're in competition. And I swear Damien more and more seeming like he's going to go villain on me. But uh, one of the things I'd like in this book is that the writer, a very talented writer, is um, – showing us characters and he's making characters interesting that I, I, I wasn't sure about. Cause sometimes you have these new books, right? And they introduce like the, uh, new characters because they want to write their, their own stuff. You know, you get the, the main characters and you have the one side guy and that guy, once the book's canceled is never seen again, except by getting his arms roped off during uh, an issue of uh, Infinite crisis or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, these characters are growing and becoming interesting I like Jin. I like Lobo's daughter. Um, I'm liking these characters. Even Roundhouse is ridiculous. Uh, I'm digging them. And and this book is becoming more and more one of my favorites. I I was more a fan of the Adult Titans book, uh, but that's going away. So this is, I guess, what I have. And and I'm digging it.
0: All right. What would you give it? A three. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of DC. Uh, now we jump into Marvel Comics and let's do rapid fire and let's 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 do quick rapid fire maybe this time, uh, okay. yeah, because we don't have that many Marvel books we're talking about. Uh, real quick, just to start, Age of X-Man Alpha number one, written by Zach Thompson uh. and Lonnie Nadler, with art by Ramon Rosanas. I wrote down my only note was this is definitely not even Age of Apocalypse. So, I, I kind of enjoyed Age of Apocalypse back in the day. I, I, I wasn't a huge fan, but I liked it. Uh, this is definitely not so far starting off that, that way. This was kind of blah and boring. I didn't care. I gave it a one.
1: Yeah, I gave it a one. The washed out color killed it for me, too.
0: Well, yeah, that, I can see that. Uh, Black Panther vs. Deadpool, number four, by Daniel Kibblesmith and Ricardo Lopez Ortiz. Um, Deadpool steals a mountain. And he gets uh, his hands on the Black Panther costumes and becomes a uh, Panther pool. Um, that's basically all you need to know, folks. It's, uh, I gave it a two.
1: I gave it a one. Remember I talked to earlier about books that shouldn't happen? This is one of them.
0: Yeah, it, it hasn't all been bad. But anyway, uh, let's jump down to Dead Man Logan, written by Ed Brisson with art by Mike Henderson. Uh, old Man Logan fights the Avengers with Mysterio doing his little tricks on him. Uh, But then Mysterio actually realizes he's being kind of played by, well, he's been wanted by both sides, that even the villains that are helping him uh, may be out to kill him in the end. Um, So he plays tricks on them, too. I actually kind of weirdly like anything that might give Mysterio something to do, because he's really one of my least favorite villains. Uh, I gave it a uh, two.
1: I I like Mysterio quite a bit. Uh, But I I didn't care about the story at all. And I like Brism, too, and Oh no, books just not do it for me. I give it a one.
0: Uh Exile number twelve last issue. It's uh written by Saladin Ahmed with art by Javier Rodriguez. I actually didn't mind the, the art and, and stuff in this book. I really kinda was trying to like it a lot. Uh, but it's come to an end and guess what happens? Iron Lad uh sacrifices himself sort of once again. Um Beyond that, not much else happens. I, I gave it a two. I was really holding out hope this exiles would be good, but it wasn't as great as it could have been.
1: Yeah, the, they tried and they they really, really failed.
0: Uh, one. man without oh one Wow <laughs> I figured you'd agree. Uh, man without Fear, number five, Jed McKay wrote it. Dan Danilo S. Beiruth did the art. Um, it was a decent ending to man without fear. Um, but there was no villain. It was just Matt Murdock de- dealing with his own sort of inner demons and fear and stuff. I, I figured there might be a villain, but I guess I guess this makes it a little more like, I don't know, uh, highbrow. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I, I gave it a three. It's a, it's a decent lead into, I guess, the new Daredevil series, but nothing special, really.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with you on it. I think Matt's worst enemy has always been himself, so that's kind of what you have going on here. It was right. all right. I mean, I I give it a three overall for the series. I gave it a three as well.
0: Yeah, I would say Marvel Knights twentieth uh, number six came out, written by Donny Donny Cates, with art by Kim Jazento and Travel Foreman. Uh, we get the century finally popping up in the Marvel Knights book. There are uh, basically all the Marvel Knights uh, characters: uh, Punisher, Black Panther, Elektra, Daredevil, and a few others are transported over into sort of an alternate dimension of their own sort of creating, like it, it's a glimpse into the possible future, this horrible future maybe or something. I don't, I'm don't, i not 100% sure. Um, I know Century shows up. It was kind of neat to see him in a, a, a different role. But beyond that, it, it just was okay at best. I gave it a two. Overall, I gave the whole series a two.
1: I'm with you. I don't like Century except for the original miniseries. Um, right. So I, I don't care for this. One interesting note, though, something I was thinking of, outside of this book, Electra hasn't appeared anywhere in a while. She no, up she appeared in Wonder issue. Yeah, right. yeah, she appeared there, but very briefly. And for the most part, a character that was Marvel's like Golden Girl at one point, where they were just doing everything with her. Uh, it's odd that she's mostly background now.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I don't have a problem with that, really. Uh, let's see. We go to Miss Marvel, number 37. G. Willow Wilson wrote it. Nico Leon, Leon, Leon maybe. Uh, drew it. It's a good book. It's really it's really nice. I I love the art. I love the story. Uh, Kamala has to babysit her brother's uh, kid. And uh, just a whole bunch of fun and hilarity ensues in Jersey City there. I enjoyed it. I gave it a three. I still think this is a book you should check out.
1: Gene. I, I totally agree. I'll let that three stand. It's good stuff.
0: Spider-Man Deadpool came out. Number 45, Robbie Thompson, Jim Toe, Blastars in it, as well as Eternals. I gave it a one because it's Spider-Man Deadpool.
1: 45 issues. of this garbage. Ugh, one.
0: Star Wars Dr. Aphra, number 28, written by Gene's Arch nemesis Simon Spurrier, with art by Emilio Lazo. Um, it's a good book. It's fun. I like Afra a lot. Uh, she deals with uh, she's got Triple Zero with her, the the killer assassin droid, who is being attacked by I guess a brainwashed BT-1, who's the Astromech uh, counterpart to Triple Zero. Um, it's a fun book. I'm liking it a lot. Uh, I give it a three.
1: Yeah, unfortunately I I can't grade that because again my Star Wars stuff is uh, behind. Cool.
0: Uh, unstoppable wasp number four came out. Jeremy Whitley wrote it. Guri, Guri Hurra did the art. Uh, the gang is recuperating after the attack they had last week. And, uh, it looks like Nadia has a little bit of a manic episode resembling stuff that, uh, sort of Hank him and the way he's reacted to situations. Um, I, I'm trying to really like this book a bit more. I gave it a two. That's really all I can kind of muster up.
1: Yeah, I'm digging the hell out of this book. Um, I sort of like that. Maybe she's adopting that part of her dad, and that's not a good thing for her. Obviously, although I, I have noticed this series is very much leading to uh, what I think will be an actual Hank appearance. Uh, we'll right. see where they go with that, but I've got a feeling that's coming very soon. And I can't. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I, I hope hope it ends well, and maybe she fixes Hank because he's in a dumb situation right now. Uh, if anyone can do it, Jeremy will. Really can. I give this issue a three and a half. I like it quite a bit. One of our, right. I think, biggest, uh, biggest, uh, du- divergent paths of this book.
0: Yeah. Uh, Weapon H number 12 came out. Greg Pack wrote it. Gia Villanova drew it. Uh, the weird, weird world story ends and it ended in an okay way. I liked the team that, uh, the Wolverine or whatever the heck he's being called went into and, uh, kind of had with him. The team of Titania and Korg and even Black Widow. I thought it was a neat little group. Um, in the weird world, I like too. It's just it's 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 Weapon H, man. I, that, that's the only problem with the book. Um, you get Agar, the the head of uh, the CEO of Roxon, and I kind of dig him, David Agar. Um, but I still give the book a two. Luckily, this is the last issue, but it's leading to a mini series called Hulk Verins, where Weapon H will fight Wolverine and Hulk.
1: Um, this book is about a Wolverine Hulk hybrid
0: one. Okay. X-Force number two also came out this week. Ed Brisson wrote it. Dylan Burnett did the art. Um, I, man, I like X-Force. I like a lot of the characters in this book. I'm not digging this book so much. Uh, there were a few decent moments in this book. I like Shatterstar's reaction to the young Cable. But beyond that, I don't really care. I too, because I'm trying.
1: Yeah, I, I dig it. I give it a
0: one. Now we go back and we start at the top. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 14, written by Nick Spencer, with art by Chris Bocciolo. Um We get the appearance of the lizard family, which is kind of neat. Rhino shows up, uh, as well as Taskmaster and Black Ant. And then Aunt May gets uh, kind of featured, moderately decent in this story, uh, up to the end. Um, I enjoyed this issue, as I've enjoyed every issue of Amazing Spider-Man so far by Nick Spencer. I gave it a four.
1: Um, I actually ended up giving this one a four and a half, and it is my book of the week, by the way. Oh, wow. Sweet. Um, it was going to be something else, non, non-Marvel or DC, but this really knocked it up a little bit, um, especially in, mostly because of Aunt May. Not totally, but mostly because of Aunt May. Um, right. I love the conversation she had uh, where she mentions um, a guy named Nathan who was a big gambler, because that is mm-hmm. obviously Nathan Lubinsky who was killed. Uh, back back in Amazing, whatever, I can't remember what issues. But um, Nathan was the dude who um, shot up those criminals in the subway during Peter David's run on Spectacular Spider-Man. Um uh, right. and, and he was in the books for a long time. Like, he was, uh, during a lot of David Michelini books, that was Aunt May's, like, boyfriend or whatever. They lived in an old folks home with a whole bunch of other people, and they became, like, part of the cast. So even a mention of him was really, really cool to me. I love that Annie is, is, a, is a strong character. She's cool. She gets to do stuff. I like that. I love Spidey teaming up with uh, the Rhino. against Taskmaster and in the Black Ant. Does it get any better than that? I don't think so. Uh, Nick Spencer is totally redeeming himself for his Captain America fiasco. Uh, I love this book. Totally
0: love it. Okay. Uh, Let's go to Captain America while we're talking about that. Uh, Tay Nahazi Coates wrote it. Adam Kubert, the fantastic Adam Kubert of the art. Um, You know what? I wasn't too crazy about this book for the longest part. Uh, Cap is dealing with being possibly framed for the murder of General Thunderbolt Ross. Uh, He turns himself in. He hands himself over to the authorities. Um, But also, at the end of the book, we get uh, an appearance by a new supergroup, the Daughters of Liberty, made up of a handful of female members of the uh, Marvel Universe, which might set some uh, Twitter ablaze with people. I'm surprised it didn't. Anyway, uh, it was a decent book, and Adam Kubert's art always makes stuff better. I gave it a three, but it didn't really blow me away. No pun intended. Uh, Well, oh, wait. I came back. Ross got, like, beat with the shield or something.
1: (laughs) Can, can I suggest to Marvel that um, the next issue of this book has a varying cover featuring all the Daughters of Liberty having milkshakes? J- just a suggestion. No, my God. Um, anyway, no. Stoke, <laughs> I, I like the Daughters of Liberty. That they, they, they got me a little bit excited, I'll be honest with you. Uh, you got Spider-Woman. You've got, um, who else is there, Sue Storm, which is a weird, Sue Richard, weird person. Sue Richard. Oh, sorry. I forget that she's married. Uh. <laughs> Too, yeah, and, White and, Tiger, and a few other characters.
0: Uh, yeah, White Tiger, I love. Not there.
1: Yes. Um, so. I'm excited to see this team in action. Uh, very much so. And, and in Cap, it's a weird place for this team to be, and I like that they're there. Um, I like when Cap is part of the overall Marvel Universe. And I think the, the problem I'm having is because of Nick Spencer's running Cap, there's this whole thing where Cap has to redeem who he is with the people and and kind of win their hearts and minds again, and um, I need that to happen. Uh, I don't like Cap, who the country's like, oh, he's a bad guy. He's he's probably killed this general guy. No, he's Cap. Everyone loves him. Let's make that happen again.
0: Yeah, uh, what did you give it?
1: A three. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit.
0: All right, and that brings us to my book of the week. It's Doctor Strange number ten, written by Mark Wade, with uh, the main art by uh, Jesus Sayas, but uh, Kevin Nolan, uh, Butch Guy's Daniel Lacuna, and even Tom Palmer gets a pinup in there. But basically, um, man, this was really fun and good. This was a, unofficially the 400th issue of Doctor Strange, uh, and he we find out that uh, basically all of his magic use has uh, tallied up uh, an insurmountable debt because every or used a spell and used a name and uh, basically um, chanted the name of someone, like the the Wands of Watum or whatever. He's accrued basically some sort of uh, uh, debt to this this particular god or this being, um, and he can't pay for it. So Dormammu and his people show up and are going to wreak havoc on Earth. I thought that was fun. Uh, we get a Mordu backup story that it was done by Kevin Nolan that I thought was really fun, too. Um and then we get Nightmare Having a Nightmare, which was fantastic. I like it. I, I gave this book a five. I loved it. I enjoyed it.
1: I, I liked the book a lot. I gave it a four, uh, but I'm a, a huge fan of Nightmare, so anything he's in is great. Um, I'm more of a fan of him than makes sense. I really like him a lot. He's a terrific villain, one of my favorite Marvel villains in general. I think he's, he's awesome. And he's still the one guy the Hulk hasn't beat. Um, so I hey, have that going for him. What I really found fascinating about this is, is some of the character stuff and uh, the ancient one coming back and having a situation where he, he actually had the his knowledge of magic expelled from him. And apparently that's one of the only things that was keeping him alive. So Doc is having to um, try to teach him magic again. It's, it's an interesting twist, and it's made for some great character stuff. And I, I really love this issue. I'm a sucker for anniversary and centennial issues of books. Um, this could very well have been my book of the week. It's just amazing, tickled me in a way that uh, I needed to be tickled this week.
0: All right, and that takes us to Journey into the Unknown world, or Journey into Unknown Worlds, I mean. Uh, Colin Bunn wrote some of it. Uh, there were two stories in there. Um, oh, no, wait, there were three. Were there three? No, there were two. I think Colin Bunn wrote one, and then Clay, Clay McLeod Chapman wrote the other one. Uh, Guillermo Santa did the art on the first. Francesco Manna did the art on the second. Um, I liked it enough. It two horror stories, like sci-fi horror. It was okay. Uh, I'm sure though, because Gene wanted to talk about it, he liked it more than me, so go ahead.
1: Oh yeah, again, um, being a sucker for the, those old books of, of that type, um, uh, the sci-fi horror thing, and you're right, Kurt, it definitely it, it mentions that this is about sci-fi, but it's way more the subgenre of, of sci-fi horror, which I really enjoy. Uh, right. it, it's sort of like the ET books, but with a sci-fi twist, and that was a big deal um, at Marvel uh, during a certain period of time. it's one of the things they're celebrating with this 80th anniversary special, and this is this is part of that. Uh, I'm actually going to love having all these books together in a short box to pull out and read whenever I want to. Um, and this was neat. I, I like the story a lot, and I, I was curious as it is if it would tie into the Marvel Universe, and it's kind of neat that it didn't. Uh, I liked right. it a lot. I don't have a whole lot other than that to say about it, but um, it was a strong book. I gave it a four. Cool.
0: And that brings us to Punisher, number seven, written by Matt Rosenberg with art by Zim- Simon Kudransky. Uh We get Frank Castle still trapped in, uh, well, damn, I can never, I always mix up the names of these places. Anyway, it's Baron Zemo's, like, country that he's taken over. Yeah. Legalia. Anyway, there it is. I remembered. Um okay. And he's, Frank is locked in prison with a bunch of other people including Sister Mercy, who's a nun in there, who uh, approaches Frank in the shower uh, while he's bathing and nude and pr- proceeds to uh, point out that he has a very average ding-ding. Um, beyond <laughs> that, the book was decent. Uh, the The Sister Mercy does tie into an older Punisher story, which I did not go dig out and read, but I'm going to. Uh, Because I'm curious. I'm curious to see. I I, I like that it ties into something that seems like it's uh, from the distant past, and and I like that in a book. I've always liked the little asterisk telling me to go read something from 10 years, 12, 15 years ago or something. Uh, Oh, yeah. Editor's notes are awesome. I I gave it a four. I enjoyed it. Matt Rosenberg's uh, knocking it out of the park with this book.
1: I'm with you. This is a Punisher series I can get behind. I hope it stays this good after they're done with Zemo in this place. And usually, uh, you know, I'm looking for a story to wrap up and, and move on to the next thing. Uh, but I want—I wouldn't mind Zemo sticking around in this country and maybe, you know, once he escapes the jail, helping the people overthrow this uh, this regime. That's what I'm hoping happens with this story. Uh, we'll see. and would I'd be more than happy having him stick around there for 30, 40 issues, as long as the story keeps progressing, you know. This is an absolute four for me.
0: Sweet. And then I'm going to surprise you very much, Gene, and you can moan and groan all you want about it, but the next book and the last Marvel book I need to talk about this week is West Coast Avengers number four. Uh, or no, okay. excuse me, number seven. Wow, we're we're all the way to seven at this point. Number seven. Kelly Thompson wrote it. Danielle D. Nicola drew it. Uh, a character that I weirdly like is Novar, uh, the Marvel boy, formerly Marvel boy, uh, formerly oh, Protector, or whatever they were calling him, in Avengers. Um, but I and he shows up in this issue. He should have been the last issue, but he shows him this issue to help out because uh, he's Kate Bishop's ex. And they fight off a bunch of uh, supervillains, including uh, Madame Mask and the eel. And we find out even later part of this little team is Graviton, which uh, is a villain I very much like. Uh, Gwenpool gets a mutated shark dog as a pet, which is fun. And uh, Kate Bishop's dad seems to be one of the big heads of this supervillain group, even though I don't remember him being a supervillain. I don't think he is. I think he's just a dude, but uh, we'll see. I really enjoyed this issue. I thought the, the, there was a lot of good dialogue between the characters. It was fun. I enjoyed reading the back and forth with everybody, including Novar and uh, Kate and her new boyfriend. I forget his name, The the absorbing man type kid.
1: Um yeah, I, I the, like him by the way. That's so fun.
0: Yeah, I gave it a four. I really liked it. I thought it was a really fun, quick book. And I think Kelly Thompson, uh, with Mr. and Mrs. X has proven to be like she can she does like good quick dialogue. It's it's just funny. It's just a, it's a it's a humorous book. I like that. I enjoyed it. I like I like the book. I would
1: probably like it a hundred times more if they could just get rid of Gwenpool Just take her out of the book. Um I, I just don't like that character. I, I really dislike the character so much that so it keeps me from liking the book more than I, right. I would like to. Well,
0: I'm glad you can yeah, admit so. to that, like a bias like that. But, yeah, I, I can understand that. It's I a get total that.
1: bias, yeah. It is.
0: Yeah, what did you end up bias, giving it wasn't I,
1: uh, I'm sorry. I gave it a three. It wasn't that bad.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's a good score. That's, I be think, the best maybe you gave West Coast Avengers so far.
1: It's my favorite issue of the run so far. And again, I like I like Novar as much as you do. I like that that original miniseries they did. It was kind of funky and kind of weird
0: because uh, oh, yeah. he wasn't
1: exactly the good guy, <laughs> you know. And, and it, I, I like yeah, that.
0: Yeah, it wasn't even necessarily in the Marvel continuity. I mean, I think that was part of the Marvel Knights imprint at one point. That was Grant Morrison did that, um, and it was kind of I a think weird thing, right? And then the character was completely written off and forgotten about for the longest time. Like everybody, And there were lots of people saying, hey, what about Marvel boy? What about Novar? And then they brought him sure. back in eventually. But anyway, uh, that's it for Marvel. And that brings us to Aftershock Comics that put out Volition, number four last week, written by Ryan Parrott with art by Marco Itri. Uh, this is a book about ro- a future with robotic beings basically being the predominant, well, pretty much the only uh, life on Earth at this point, it seems. Uh, They're looking for a creator, which is a fictional being, they think, and uh, this young girl, of course, possibly has the key to it. I I, I was into it at first. It's starting to lose me a little bit. Um, I gave it a two.
1: Yeah, it's definitely losing steam. I gave it a one. I, I just don't care for it.
0: Okay. That brings us to Boom Studios, which gave us Bone Parish by Colin Bunn and Jonas Scharf, or whatever. Sharf, shurf, something like that. Uh, basically, a, a, a new strain of the drug, the ash, is being uh, used and found, or, or um, what am I trying to say? Made it's being by, a, a, yeah, being created by the the family who cr- controls this drug, but it's also being tr- attempted to be controlled by a rival sort of syndicate. Uh, F- a new FBI agent shows up to possibly make the family's life a little more miserable. And we'll see. It looks, it feels like this book is about to take an even slightly darker turn, even though it's already pretty dark. Uh, I gave it a three. Yeah.
1: This is, and this is a book I keep bringing up online. If you, if you see me on any of my social media accounts, I rave about this book. So I really, really dig it. Like a whole lot. Of the stuff going on in this particular issue really does take it to a whole new level. The, uh, the other syndicate that's essentially trying to reverse engineer the Ash um, has shocking results in this issue, which I don't really want to spoil. I want you to read it. Right. It was it's intense and very horror related, very horror ish. Um, I like I like what's going down. And what I'm wondering is when this book ends. Uh, a character we thought we weren't going to see again, we see kind of, sort of in a weird way. Uh, and yeah. I wonder if he's gonna finally step up and get some payback to these other these other syndicates there this other syndicate that's stepping in their way because they don't have a real strong leader at this point, and I think this is one, this character, uh, and maybe he's going to take care of business. I hope so. Uh, I want to see these this other crime syndicate taken down and taken down hard. Uh, it's such a great, great book, though. I, I really appreciate it, and uh, this is a book I am definitely going to buy the trade for. I want to own this book. I want it to be on my shelf, and I want to reread it often, and I want to suggest it to others. Uh, you know, honestly, of all the books going on right now, uh, Bone Parish is one of the three things I would definitely recommend to anyone.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, it was almost us...
1: my book of the week. I... I'm sorry.
0: No, go ahead. You finish.
1: I just, uh, it was almost my book of the week. I gave it a four.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, that brings us to Sparrowhawk, number four, written by Delilah S. Dawson with art by Matthias Bosla. Um, it's a good, decent fantasy, kind of a dark fantasy story, uh, but it's fun. It's, it's got plenty of humor in there. The main characters are uh, uh, this young fairy girl and, and a sort of this vampiric-looking dark elf. Um, it's fun, though, it's, it's, it's even though it may throw you because of the look of the book. Uh, it's actually pretty humorous and pretty funny, and it's got good dialogue. I'm, I'm enjoying the book. I don't know what else to really say about it. I gave it a three. Uh, we'll see how it ends, because I believe it is coming to an end soon. It's only a miniseries, and uh, we'll talk about it, I guess, in length then. Gene, did you read this?
1: I unfortunately did not read this issue. I apologize.
0: No problem. Uh, WWE Forever, number one, which is a one-shot, came out by a bunch of various artists and writers. Uh, there's a story with Bret the Hitman Hart and Jimmy Hart, which was actually really fun. Harley Race and the Junkyard Dog, Money, Inc., uh, Ted DiBiase and Razor Ramon fighting it out in a jewelry store, and then Bobby the Brain Heenan kid- kidnapping the British Bulldog Bulldog Matilda. Um, <laughs> this was actually really fun. So not all the stories were great, but they were kind of all fun. And and I weirdly like this WWE book that sort of tells these like fantastical backstories of these uh, larger than life characters. Uh, I give it a three. I would I would recommend it. Check it out. Cool. That brings us to Dark Horse Comics, Call of Duty Zombies 2, number four, written by Justin Jordan with art by Andreas Ponce. Uh, I wrote down, not really my thing, not digging it. I, I gave it a one.
1: Yeah, I think if you're a fan of the of the game or whatever, it's not a bad thing to have in your collection, but it, it it's not great. I give it a two. Yeah.
0: Crimson Lotus, number three, came out. John Arcudi wrote it. Uh, Mindy Lee did the art. This ties into the BPRD Hellboy universe. Um, I'm trying to like it a bit more. I'm just not really getting into it too much. I gave it a two. Uh, for me, it's not like a must-read because it really, like, I know it ties in, the character, the main character, but, uh, yeah, I don't care. I give it a two.
1: Yeah, I'll end.
0: And that brings us to uh, Quantum Age, number six which Gene read, and I need to catch up on. So, Gene, take it away.
1: Oh, man. You know, you're missing out on what, what is a definitely, definitely a fun series. This issue is terrific. Um, they are um, the the old Quantum League, and some of these new guys are kind of teaming up, sort of, to, to save the world, and they kind of realize they can't. Um, like, it's an impossible mission, and there are some older members of the group that show up with a possible solution, um, they can't travel back in time, but they can travel forward. And And their plan is to take all of humanity, take them to the end of time, and fix it up and make it a place worth living in, uh, rather than rather than trying to save what they have, because uh, they don't think it's possible to win. And that's, that's really weird, and we'll see if that works. It sounds like a, a crazy solution to the problem. They're just kind of giving up and running away. But uh, that's Great. what they want to do, and we'll see. And what did you give it? It is a definite 3.5. This is a fun superhero series. If you're a fan of superhero stuff, but maybe you've had your fill of Marvel and DC, this is a great way, to get, great place to go. Uh, it's a universe that's been built. It's got cool characters. It's got a cool history. Uh, definitely check it out. Don't 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 hesitate.
0: All right, and that also brings us to word. From Dark Horse Comics. Uh, word number one, written by Kurt Pyers and art by Antonio Fusco. Um, it's decent. It's about sort of a paranormal investigator type guy who has powers that he's essentially sort of invulnerable. Or well, I don't think he's unbreakable, but he's definitely invulnerable. He can pretty much take any hit. Um, but it, as as good as it was, and the art was decent it feels very much like the most cliched thing I've read. It's just a dude who's like a hard-boiled, kind of tough-as-grits kind of guy who goes out there and just does the, you know, the things nobody else wants to do. Uh, beyond that, I don't know. I'll, I'll, the dialogue's good, the book looks good, but I'll, I'll have to give it more time. I gave it just the two. Okay, I'll let stand. And then we go to Dynamite Comics, Elvira, The Shape of Elvira, number one. Written by David Avalon with art by Fran Struken. Uh, The Elvira books are not doing it for me. This was kind of goofy horror stuff uh, with Elvira helping out with a, uh, not on a movie set, but with with a movie maker who has a house. And they do sort of, I guess this is a pun or play on Shape of Water maybe. I don't know. I don't care. I gave it a one.
1: Yeah, I was kind of looking forward to these books, but it, it, it's not working for me. I gave it a one as well.
0: Uh, James Bond 007 Number Three, written by Greg Pack, with art by Mark Lamming. Uh, James Bond continues to sort of have this rivalry with a uh, uh, rival agent, the new Odd Job from South Korea. Um, and as they basically go on a mission, and Odd Job and him fight their way through this mission. Uh, finally Miss Money Punny shows up and tells them, informs them that they had basically have to team up, which, I mean, you could have seen coming. But it's still fun. It's a good trip. The art is fantastic. The book is fantastic. I give James Bond 007 a four. I highly recommend this book.
1: I like it. I, I give it a three. I like. I think I like James Bond origin a little bit better than this book, but I like this one quite a bit.
0: And then that comes to Lone Ranger, number four, written by Mark Russell with art by Bob Q., Uh, We get the cannibal bounty hunter after Tonto with a a nice fight. And then it looks like the Lone Ranger and Tonto may have died at the end. A little secret, they're probably not dead. But um, (laughs) I'm enjoying the hell out of this Lone Ranger series. Mark Russell does some great stuff. And again, this is a good book, good dialogue, good characters, uh, very fun. Uh, Just a a solid story, man, just good, solid stuff. And it gets you away from superhero stuff a little bit, even though it has a little bit of a superhero feel. Uh, I gave it a four as well.
1: Yeah, I really love this book a whole bunch. I gave it a four as well. I think um, if you're a fan of westerns or a fan of the Lone Ranger and yeah, anything with a masked hero in it, I guess could be construed as a superhero book. I don't know. Yeah. I like it. I dig it. I dig the heck out of it, and it's good fun. And then Kurt's right that the writer is uh, Mark Russell is doing great things with character. He he is very quick with his dialogue. Um, everyone matters, and every person in the book is is well-constructed and yeah I, i definitely recommend this book as well
0: that brings us to also from dynamite comics peter cannon thunderbolt number one written by karen gillen with art by casper wingard uh peter cannon thunderbolt is uh he's the smartest guy in the room as gene and i were talking about off air a while back um i like thunderbolt he basically helps a sort of the United Nations of super teams fight this uh, interdimensional threat only to find out. And I'm going to full, fully spoil it for you that, Hey, guess what? It's probably him that's leading this interdimensional uh, possible yeah. world crossing uh, threat. And then we get a glimpse at another Thunderbolt that does, as Gene pointed out, and he didn't really need to, I just hadn't read the book yet, but um very much looks like Ozymandias, who is a character that Peter Cannon, uh, who is based on Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. Uh, I didn't right, hate it, it, though. Yeah, the art was good. The story was decent. I'm curious to see where it goes. I like Kieran Gillen a lot, so I trust him. I gave it a three. I enjoyed it.
1: Uh, I enjoyed the book right up until the end. I didn't like that end. I didn't like the Ozymandias-looking uh, Peter Cannon. Everything else was great, though. The character stuff was fun. The, uh, the characters um, in the book are neat these other superheroes from these other countries uh are very amusing to me they're they're kind of fun and i like having them around and uh i don't know i hope that the they they manage to um lift themselves up from the ending of the book which i thought was just way too cliched and silly uh but i, yeah. I really want the book to succeed and i want it to be good i like the idea of this kind of character existing
0: well yeah and that's how i felt about that dark horse book uh uh, word because it was very cliched and and this I will admit the ending of this book was very much like a, oh really you know wow a little bit I, I what sure, did you yeah. get?
1: I gave it a three I'm not sure if Kurt's on the line anymore I, I hope he is I'm gonna take a minute and and uh, vamp if you're hearing me and you know you're not hearing Kurt then um then um you're not listening to dead air which is which is always a wonderful thing. Uh, I'm not sure what books were left on our list. Um, We'll see if... Kurt? Kurt? Yeah, I just don't know if he's been dumped or not, or if it's me. Uh, It's showing that I'm still on the air, I think. So I'm going to talk again for a second. Um, If you listen to our main show, Nerd Nation Radio, um, that's on Friday nights or Fridays at some point. Usually, uh, sometimes on Saturdays, but we try it on Fridays. We also have our top five Tuesday segment, which is absolutely terrific. Um, hey, you there? Hey, now I can hear you. Hello, Curtis.
0: Hello. Something happened. I have no idea what happened.
1: You know, it's funny. I I don't know if um if you got knocked off or I did. Uh, I kept talking for a while. And uh, I was telling our audience about our other shows. and oh,
0: okay. uh
1: And so it, maybe that'll be on there. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure if it, <laughs> if it was recording me or not. So I've pretended that it was recording me and just start talking about stuff.
0: So did I. I, I was talking as well. Um, I was working really my it? way up, depending mm-hmm. on how we went. I only reviewed, I think, two books. But uh, I did get up to IDW Star Trek 2020. I, I wanted to uh, make sure we were both on the air for that. Star Trek 2020. Yes. Peter um, David wow, it. J.K. Us? Woodward drew it. Go ahead, Gene.
1: I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, he, he gave you the, the creative team on it. Basically, this is a story of Picard and Jack Crusher uh, on board the Stargazer uh, well before Picard was the captain. Uh, we meet Beverly Crusher. Um, it's Seems like maybe Picard is meeting him for the first time, I'm not sure, or one of the first times at least. Um, he, he doesn't seem to get along with her a whole lot at this point. Um, he, he's very much the, the uh, Picard we see in early next gen who doesn't like uh, civilians on board the ship. Um, it, it's a very neat story, um, well told. Anytime Peter David gets to write um, uh, Jack Crusher, it, it turns out good, especially his relationship with Picard and Beverly. And that whole kind of almost love triangle that went on, I like yeah. it a lot. I really like this story. This is one of the few fives I'm giving out this week.
0: All right, I, I gave it a I gave it a four. I really enjoyed it. I like anything Peter David does. The thing that threw me off about it was some of the art. Uh, when when there were close-ups of the characters, the faces and stuff were done very well. The the it, it looked like those characters. When there was it was pulled out. It, it was weird. It looked, the, the the art was just kind of like rough a few times.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree. It feels like it was unfinished or, or just fuzzy. I don't know. It was weird.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we go to Star Trek Q Conflict. Number one, excuse me, by Scott and David Tipton with art by David Messina, who is a pretty much a staple there at IDW. Um, we get Q and his other uh, uh, sort of otherworldly beings, uh, teaming up people from, uh, well, Enterprise members and Trek, uh, of, you know, people you would know from from Trek uh, Continuity from all different generations teaming up uh, to sort of go out and do some stuff. Gene, what did you think?
1: Uh, I liked it. This first issue was a lot of setup. Um, I think I liked it as much as I liked the uh, the Stargazer book, maybe even more. I guess, I guess it's a four and a half, I think, though. So. Um, it is a lot of setup, but we do get a ton of characters, um, and they're all at different, interesting points in their career, because they're not all right. from the exact same time, and uh, the villains that we get at the end introduced to us, uh, the, the various omnipotent beings, um, that excites me a whole lot, especially Trilling, You don't see Trilling a ton, so when you do it, it's really fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to where this goes. It looks like you're going to see a mishmash of characters from different shows teaming up, and that cannot be anything but fun.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed it I, as well. I gave it a 4.5. I just couldn't justify a 5. Um,
1: yeah, but I I'm definitely had
0: to rate it higher than the uh the 2020 book because it was to me it was just a little bit better.
1: And that surprised me. I expected the opposite to be true.
0: Right. Uh, And then that brings us to Image Comics, Cyberforce number 8 by, uh, let's see, Matt Hawkins and Brian Hill wrote it. Atilio Roja drew it. I haven't been kind to the Cyberforce stuff. It's still blah. I gave it a one. I don't care. Uh, Gene, I doubt you read it. Did you read it?
1: I did not, unfortunately. I (laughs)
0: apologize. Here's a book that I've been bugging you about reading, and let's see if you read it because it's back. It took a little bit of a break, but it's back. Ice Cream Man number 9. Written by W. Oh, yeah. Maxwell Prince with art by Martin Morazzo. Uh, this issue kind of gave us a bit of, a bit a look of the origins of the uh, Ice Cream Man and the Man in Black, who are part of this horror anthology series, which isn't so much a horror anthology, kind of has a deeper story underneath. Uh, but I think this is something that I wouldn't say it, it, it rivals Stephen King ever, but it has a, a King kind of feel to some of the storytelling and whatnot. Uh, we see that they're basically, they look like, I don't know, beings of, uh, they, they, they cause strife and pain on the worlds they're on, and uh, they're moving on from one world to, I guess, our world in this issue, and uh, I gave it a four. I really love this book. I'm not so sure about this particular issue, but I've pretty much rated every other issue of this book a four or five. I really love this series.
1: Yeah, I, I did give it a three. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it it's good. And I also do need to catch up on some of it. I really know what's going on. Right.
0: That brings us to Infinite Dark, number four, by Ryan Caddy and Andre, Andrea, and is it Andrea or Andrea Moody? I don't know. I do not know. Uh, yeah, like a murder mystery in space, some stuff going on. I, I just haven't, I, I don't know, since the first issue, I haven't gotten into this book as much. I just don't kind of care. care? I, I gave this issue a yeah. one. Yeah. I'll let it stand. Uh, Maneaters number five, written by Chelsea Kane with art by Kate Nemesik. Uh, again, another book I'm trying to like and get into. I've I've kind of liked some stuff in the first few issues about uh, set in a world where young girls are basically held to a different standard than boys. Okay, there's a lot of uh, I guess I would say social issues with underlying in this book. That's fine. Um, But young girls, uh, once they uh, hit puberty and get their period, they can then have the possibility of turning into these feral cats. Uh, That's an interesting concept. And uh, two issues ago, I think the third issue, I kind of really was starting to like the book. The fourth issue was a weird sort of standalone thing. This issue was kind of, again, another sort of odd standalone thing. Uh, But I gave it a two. I'm trying to get into it.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not digging it. I really tried with the first issue because I, I giggled at the concept. You know, it's kind of neat, kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, it, it seems to be a one-trick pony, and I really don't care.
0: Yeah, I mean, give us more character stuff. That's all I'm asking. The family, the the father, the mother, yeah. the, the daughter who's going through the troubles. That's what I want. And, yeah, this issue did have some character stuff, but it was new characters. And I don't know. I, I kind of want to focus on what, what was happening in those first few issues. Sure. But, okay. Uh, Skyward okay. number ten, written by Joe Henderson with art by Lee Garbett. Uh, this is a fantastic book that I push on everybody and anybody out there. Uh, as Gene said before about I forget which book it was that he or Bone Parish, he was saying that the book he recommends to everyone. Uh, Skyward is definitely a book I recommend to everybody. Um, sure. it's a fantastic book. Uh, Gravity has failed. Uh, The Earth has gone through changes. These characters are trying to survive. It's fun. It's different. It's got a little tweak to it. It's not super sci-fi heavy. It's more about the characters and the journey and the adventure. Uh, This is technically the end of book two, as they're calling it, heading into the next storyline. I give this issue a four. I recommend Skyward to anyone out there. Cool. Within the sound of my voice, hopefully, hopefully my voice. Uh, Spawn, number 293, by Todd McFarlane and Jason Sean Alexander. Spawn fights uh, a member of the Heavenly Host, I believe called Godsend, who turns out not to be so cool. And then Spawn, uh, I guess, is helping uh, lead some sort of revolution or whatever it is that he's building up to. I'm not 100% sure. I will take a moment to say Jason Sean Alexander's art is actually really nice. In this issue in particular, I think it really shows off well. Um, But I still gave the book a two. It's Spawn. (laughs) <laughs>
1: that's that's all I yeah have to say. exactly
0: and speaking of books that yeah, i just I referred to by the uh oh sorry gene i'm talking right over no you. go ahead that's fine i uh, speaking of book a book that i usually talk about and just refer to the name of the book and say it's so and so uh it's witchblade number 11 uh caitlin <laughs> kitridge wrote it roberta in granada drew it i'm not digging this current new version of witchblade at all i have read all 11 issues i've tried really really hard it's just really, really boring. Uh, I gave it a one. Yeah. I'm just not digging it.
1: Yeah, I understand, and I, I agree.
0: And that brings us to Valiant Comics, only book this week Bloodshot Rising Spirit, number three. Kevin Gravoux wrote it. Ken Lashley did fantastic art there. Uh, we get a, an 1895 version of Bloodshot, which I thought was really cool, and I was really into it. Then it turns out I, it's kind of like a VR simulation. Um, yeah. That kind of ruined it for me. I gave it a two. Uh, this is just like kind of a placeholder. It's not like a major Bloodshot regular book. It's, it's sort of this miniseries. So whatever. And that, yeah, I wanted that. to like it a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we didn't get knocked off the air too long. I don't know what goes on, but that's...
1: Uh... Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to listen and see which one of us actually continues. <laughs> yeah, because I I, I did know. keep
0: vamping. I kept vamping for at least a few minutes. I'm sure you did too.
1: I did, and then the lady said, "Thank you for using Vlog Talk Radio," and hung up on me.
0: Yeah. And
1: then that's then I I had to contact Kurt on the instant messenger. He's like, "Call in," so that's what I did.
0: Yeah, I was re reconnecting myself. I disconnected, reconnected myself. Um, so I don't know what happened there. Hopefully you stuck with us, or you jumped ahead a minute or so and popped back in with us, or one of us you heard for a few minutes there. Uh, That's perfect, because one and, of us was there, yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, if anyone from Blog Talk is listening at this point, hey, man, your service is kind of not so great sometimes. I hate to break it to you.
1: The guys are the effing worst, is what it is. Let's just say <laughs> that.
0: Okay, well, with that, we should end it <laughs> before you say anything worse.
1: <laughs> Maybe we uh, end it
0: You got anything else?
1: Uh, let's see. We've got a fun show coming up on Friday. I'm going to be talking to a gentleman named Scotty about his independent film. Once upon a superhero, which is going to be airing here in, um, in the town of Lake Worth on Friday, uh, part of its grand tour around the country. That's going to be great. We've got a great top five Tuesday, uh, episode coming up next week. And, uh, of course we've got issues should be, uh, Pop it up at some point. I don't know exactly when. We've got issue shows take a little bit more prep, and your life kind of gets in the way sometimes. So, uh, you yeah, they don't always air where we want them to, but they always eventually air.
0: Hey, folks. Uh, Kurt here. <laughs> I read like <laughs> sixty to eighty comics, <laughs> and and I got I got kids, and I got a life. You know, it's hard. It's hard. Sometimes.
1: Exactly. This show may so there- be the hardest show to put on, uh, but we do it for you. Cause we love you.
0: Yes. We love you out there, Mom. Thank you for listening. Yes,
1: thank you, Mom, and uncle Jeffy.
0: And Blog Talk Blog Talk Administration. F you. All right. We're help out
1: of here. That. All right. <laughs> so so Thanks for listening. Visit
0: us online. Sorry, I'm sorry. Oh hey, hang on, hang on. Thanks for listening. God. And then he hangs up. Awesome. This show has been riddled with issues. But thank you for listening and hopefully you get that whole technical thing right there. I was just trying to end the show and Gene was talking, and I, anyway, I don't need to explain it to you. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Visit us online at nerdnationradio.com Like us on
1: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Grinder at NerdNationRadio. So well, until, until next time,
0: time tune in, in, nerd out. out.